The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. We are back. Hello. Holly Ferber and myself <laughs> in a new studio with a great new producer. We are back for our second season of our podcast, and I can't believe it because literally it has been nearly a year since we last did this. It doesn't seem like it. I know because it's gone so fast, but it's been a year, Holly. How could it be if I'm still 23? <laughs> yeah, you're very, very young, <laughs> and I am also in my 20s. Welcome I wish. Sure, first lies. Yeah. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good this year. I think that's the reason why it feels like it's gone so quickly because we both have been extremely busy. I, I know. literally last week got back from filming my eighth season, wow. eighth season of It's Me or the Dog in New York City. So I, I, I don't know where the time's gone. How did it go? It was amazing. Really? Ten episodes of the most amazing families and stories that we've ever done on It's Me or the Dog. And I keep saying this, season after season, oh my gosh, this is the best season ever. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, this is the best season ever. Well, what makes it the best? Because the families. I mean, I didn't know these people existed. I mean, good or just crazy crazy. or both? Crazy. Yeah, I I say both. I mean, some really, really funny people, some absolutely insane people, some, uh, oh my gosh, I'm I'm excited to see these episodes air because not only do we have amazing families and amazing dogs, of course, but we have some fascinating problems and challenges. Like what kind of problems? Okay. What do you do with Mm -hmm. a dog that... It has such bad separation anxiety that when the people leave, that dog will go through glass, a glass window (gasps) to get to their people. No. Yes. And has done so eight times. Eight times. Eight times? times. Was the dog okay? No. Well, the last time the dog hurt itself so bad, oh. had to go to the veterinarian, get 26 stitches <gasps> in its head and uh, more stitches in its leg and then on its body. No. And then, of course, now the dog is trying to get up to the second story. Oh, no. Now, if that dog jumps out of a second story it window, it, that, that, that dog's going to die. So that was my first, the first episode we shot. Did, were you able teenage. to fix the problem? Well, you're going to have to watch. <laughs> when does it premiere? When can we start It's going these? to be coming out next year, hopefully January, February, sometime that, that time. We Ooh. haven't had you know, um, complete notification from Animal Planet when they want to air it. But yes, yeah, so you're going to have to see. What kind of a dog was it? It was oh, a pit bull mix, kind of maybe Rhodesian Ridgeback. So it was a really there. strong dog that strong, could get through glass. beautiful dog. I fell in love with him. His name oh. was Scooby. And he looked like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> So, Love it. Yeah, he did. He was he was a beautiful, beautiful dog, but highly anxious when his people left. So how long were you gone filming? Because it seemed like you were gone forever. Every time I talked to you, you were still in New York City. I was gone for about three months. Wow. Yes, and uh, but it did. It, it felt like five minutes. Really? And, That's um, good. Yeah, it's good. And I like the fact I, you know, I, you know, I don't like being away from my family. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to be away from my family. And they were with me in New York for for a large portion of it, which was great. Right. But then the rest of the time, because I think I was so challenged, and because I was concentrating so much on trying to get these problems sorted out, the time went very fast. So I didn't have that much time to miss them, which was which was great. Which is good. Yes. Time flies when you're having fun. So tell me what you've been doing because you've been all around the country and you know people say <laughs> what I do is fascinating and yes it is fascinating. It but is. When you do it every day, it becomes. You know, it, it just becomes a job. Right. Um, what you've been doing, covering hurricanes, <laughs> floods, disaster earthquakes. Yes. Serious, that, that's what you are. You are disaster girl. Tell disaster me about girl, that. yeah. Well, this summer, uh, I'm uh, back at CNN freelancing. So I went to D.C. for a month to fill in in the D.C. bureau there. And during that, we had an earthquake. I was on the 10th floor. It was amazing. I've never been in an earthquake before. It was quite interesting. Um, and then uh, that happened on a Tuesday. And then Friday, I went to a hurricane. Uh, I was in Rhode Island. And um, we didn't get the brunt of it, though. A lot of people, you got it in New York City, right? Yes, you were but, there. Uh, we, my mother, thank, thank goodness, my mother had come in from England. And we traveled. We were on the last plane out of New York City 
back to Atlanta, Georgia for four days because that was my break. Mm. But I have to say, there's my little mother coming over from England in her 70s. And she experiences um, not only the most enormous thunderstorms I've ever seen in New York City in my life. She experiences of running away from a hurricane. And then she's on the 48th floor. My apartment was on the 48th floor of this this huge um, building in New York City. And she starts to shake. And she's wondering why the whole room is shaking she, around her. She was there for the earthquake. She first. was there for the earthquake. Oh my gosh. So this is a woman from England that's experiencing all of the great disasters <laughs> and, uh, and weather disasters that America can throw at her. Bless her heart. So, and at the same time, I'm in my um, RV. Uh-huh. Uh, we're having lunch. And then you all of filming. a sudden, I was filming. And then all of a sudden, the RV starts to rock. And I'm going, are people, are there, are there some kids on the back of my RV, rocking my RV? <laughs> messing with you. Yeah, messing with me. So I look outside, there's nobody there. I'm thinking, okay, this is very strange. Did I just take some medication that's making <laughs> me feel wizzy? What, what? And it was the earthquake. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, now I don't feel so badly because I think actually I thought I was responsible. I was disaster girl, but it, it seems like your mom brought it yeah. because it just happened when she came. So I would like to abolish myself or relieve myself of that um, but then guilt. Didn't you go to Texas as well to cover the fire? So basically you covered everything. Trifecta, disasters. Yes, you name it, I cover it. So uh, yeah, don't don't come anywhere with me. That's the, uh, that's the deal. But it was fun. It was great. You know, uh, unfortunately, you hate to have to go cover disasters. But the good thing is, you know, as far as earthquake, Everybody was okay. Buildings didn't fare so well. The hurricane could have been a lot worse. It wasn't great for flooding. And the people up in Vermont, it was awful. But it could have been a lot worse down in New York and even in, you know, South Carolina. So uh, there you have it. So I've been busy. Yes. And um, I just came back from Tennessee uh, this weekend. Tell me what that was like because I'm dying to know. I judged the Miss Tennessee USA pageant. Um, I got to do Judge Miss Georgia last year and I judged Miss Tennessee this year. And it's a little bit, you know, I feel a little, you know, like a fraud because here I am like a short Russian potato picker type girl. And these girls are like beautiful. They're gorgeous. (laughs) And I'm like, how did you just describe yourself? (laughs) Seriously, stocky. I'm like a pit bull. And, um, and, you know, these, they're like gazelles. I'm a pit bull. And they're, they're, you know, and I'm sitting here going, oh, I don't know. Does she have a wrinkle over her left eye? Mm-mm. You know, like you feel terrible for being critical. But these girls, thank God they're beautiful because some of them, I'm going to chalk it up to nerves. I'm not going to say they're not so bright. But, um, you know, for instance, one girl, you have to interview all these girls and they're sweet. And the one girl I said to her, you know, oh, you want to go get your JD. You want to be a lawyer. She said, yeah. I said, well, is there anything, you know, social injustice that you feel strongly about? She goes, yes. I think we need to abolish the migration laws. <laughs> I was like, wow, those poor geese. I said, do you mean immigration laws? And she stopped. She says, yes, that too. So, yeah, so um, we're going to work on the geese and the duck problem in the United States first with the <laughs> Miss somewhere in Tennessee winner. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It, they were very sweet. And then there's this one girl, I loved her and she was sweet. And I said, you know, so, you know, when you're not doing pageants, what do you like to do? She's like, I like to get my hair and my nails done. And I said, Oh, that's great. And I, and she said, yeah. And I take my dog with me too. When I get my nails done, she gets her nails done too. And I'm thinking, Oh, like a little Yorkie. Right. And I'm like, Oh, what kind of a dog is it? She goes, a pit bull. <laughs> I'm like, you paint your pit bulls nails. And she said, yeah. And then when I get my hair did, she gets her hairs did too. I put a bow in there and I'm like, Oh, pit bull. Anyway, so it was really fun. It was, um, but it, no, you know, the girls are really sweet and they're funny. And I think that's nerves. We're just going to say it's nerves, but it's a great organization. And oh my gosh, these girls are just stunning. How many girls are there? This year in Miss Tennessee, we had 32 contestants or 36 contestants, something like that. So, I mean, it's just one gorgeous girl after the other. You know, if you ever had any insecurity, oh boy, they're like, I needed therapy coming home. And I'm like, I'm not eating for a year. But I imagine that after they're done, you know, like after they're done with the competition, I was like, oh, congratulations, girls. Now you can all share a piece of pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're so God. tiny. Anyway, but it was fun. So I'm back. There you have it. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, dear. So next year, I'm hoping to do Miss Mississippi. Miss Mississippi? Yeah. So you've done Miss Georgia, have you, mm-hmm. as well? Yes, and she was top okay. 15 in Miss USA this she past really spring. She was. Well yeah. done. And um, Jessica Hibbler is her name. She was Miss Midtown, and she will represent, I think, uh, Tennessee really well. She's a beautiful brunette. I'll show you pictures. Okay. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. They have nothing to do with dogs. Pageants. Yes. Let's just talk about pageants. Because, oh, my gosh. Okay. Maybe I've had my fill of dogs. No, 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 I haven't. No, Let's talk no, more no, about no. Dogs. that's enough. Trust um, me. I'm really happy because um, we have great sponsorship 
for this podcast, and it's from Petsad Life. And their Petsad Life is designed to demonstrate the joys and benefits of pet ownership. And what what they want to do is drive increased adoption of pets and encourage responsible ownership of pets. And it's produced by the American Pet Products Association, or otherwise known as APA, um, and includes YouTube videos, Facebook fan page, mm-hmm. Twitter page, blogs, pet segment news, brochures, ads, web links, posters, promotions, great stuff. So we're really, really pleased to be associated with them. And thank you very much. Oh, yeah. If you see their website, it's fantastic. Yes, it is. The videos are really cool. I love the videos. And what's really neat is they've got dog facts in there. And there's just a ton of great information. I'm always looking, you know, when you're not available because you travel so much, usually I call you with questions and problems. But they have a great... Uh, they have a great fun fact area, but also there's a whole section there, which is really important on grieving. I know you and I've talked about this before and we'll get into it in a podcast in the future, but I learned a lot of great information and you know, you never know what to say when somebody loses a pet, which is a family member because people go, well, it's not, you know, some people say it's not a child, it's not a parent, but they don't get it. And there's some really good information on their website there. And I really appreciated it very much. So I'm excited. I bookmarked it. Fabulous. Yeah, I go there a couple times a, a week just to check out, see what they have. Okay. Very good to know. Okay, so I have to ask you, you went on yes. Anderson Cooper's new show. <sighs> You're going to be on Anderson. All right. No, Speaking I've I've been on Anderson. Actually, they had a couple of days ago, and oh. I was teaching Anderson how to brush his dog's Molly, who's just the most beautiful, beautiful spaniel, um, Molly's teeth because she has bad breath. Oh. And I have to say, first of all, let's not even just go with Molly. I want to talk about Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Of course you do. Now, my husband, when he emailed people to tell them that I was going to go on Anderson Cooper, he was saying, well, my wife has a bit of a thing for Anderson Cooper. (laughs) And he's quite right. Because Mm -hmm. I have to say, even meeting that man in person, what a lovely, um, just such a nice, quiet, humble man he is. Now, that was my first impression of him. Mm -hmm. Maybe people who know him more know another side to him but I just thought he was very very dignified and very sweet and I, I love watching him anyway mm-hmm. on his on, on Anderson um, Cooper 360 and and now on his show Anderson yeah. so I had a great time um, it was a short segment I was there with Susie Essman who's from right. Curb Your Enthusiasm who's fantastic and with her dog <clears throat> And, and so it, it actually turned out to be a really fun segment. So if you want to see it, it'll be on the Anderson. It'll be It's on my website, positivity.com, but it's also okay, on good. Anderson's website as well. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've heard that, you know, I've met him only a couple of times, and he's just like that. But people I know who are really good friends with him, he is that. that he is kind. that. Yes. Okay, that. so you can validate that. nice that. to know? Oh, my gosh, it is so nice to know. And I have to say, uh, I apologize to my husband, but what <laughs> what a gorgeous-looking man he is. So does he get worried when you go on the road? No. Okay, that's good to know, because you're going to be on the road coming up quite a bit in November. Like, oh, you're yeah. all over. I want to go with you to some of he these. He doesn't get worried when I go to go on the road, because he can sit and watch his football. There's no arguments over who's going <laughs> to who's gonna grab the television. Is it going to be him with his NFL every single freaking day? What NFL, excuse me, <clears throat> Saturday night, mm-hmm. Sunday night, and Monday night football. It, am I right? Yes. No, Saturday Well, Saturday night's college. So, you know, like this past weekend, we had Georgia, Tennessee. Okay, cool. It's not NFL, but it's still the same. It's football, and they're still being honey badgers and sitting on the couch. Okay. Yeah, honey badgers. Oh, yeah. And in case, just uh, we get ready. Yeah, if you get a chance, look up Randall's uh, version of the honey badger on YouTube. It's very funny. It's my new new passion. For adults only. Right. We should say. So, okay, so you're in York, Pennsylvania, November 10th. Yes, I am. I love Um, York, Pennsylvania, by the way. I've never been. Oh, you'll love it. It's a great town. Okay. Absolutely great town. Yes. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cronson live there. Friends of mine live there. Fantastic. And then November 20th, New Bedford, Massachusetts. Yes. And again, I haven't been to New Bedford before, so I'm really, really excited. And I love my live shows because, and I know I'm tuning my own horn here, but it's two and a half hours of just fun. We have a lot of fun. You get a lot of facts. You get a lot of tips. You get to ask me questions. You get to see great video footage. You get get to see behind the scenes. You get to see all the things that go wrong. You meet fantastic (laughs) shelter dogs. We just, we hang out and we have fun. And I think that's it because a lot of people say, what is it you actually do in a live show? Is it me or the dog live? Do you get people up there and you're all very serious? No, you know, it it, it is. It's just a fascinating discovery of, of dogs and humanity and how we have such a great relationship and about me and about what I do. And we do have fantastic rescue shelter, uh, rescue dogs from the local shelters mm-hmm. coming. And so it, it's a great evening. So I'm very excited about that. Well, what I think is really cool, because I know you very well, and I get to see you when you're not doing TV or whatever. And so 
like a lot of people say, I say, oh, I'm going to go to Victoria's house, you know, and they're like, oh, she mean. Is she? And I was like, no, why would you say she's mean? Well, you know, I watched that show and she yells at a lot of people. And I'm like, she only yells if you're a jerk. But uh, yeah, but it's fun because then they get to see you like I see you and they get to see you as Victoria and not Victoria, the TV trainer. Yeah. Well, maybe you should ask my husband that. Am I mean? <clears throat> Is No. No, I'm not actually. You're not mean. No, I'm not mean. No. I'm not mean. But, but, but I do, I do sometimes get really annoyed if people are jerks or if people are well, we harming their animal success in any kind of way. Right. Then yeah, I will. Or if they're not listening or if they're on the cell phone when I'm trying to teach them, then, then I'll get a little angry. I'm but, like that in real life. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ask my husband. I'm like, you're not paying attention to me. Yeah, I've been known to accidentally things slip out of my hands. How long have you, attention. how long have you got married? I mean, how long have you been married? For? Five years, a couple of weeks ago. <gasps> really? Yeah. It's Seems like 50. I've been married 11. Really? Yes. 11 and a half, actually. 12 in May. And you're still married? That's fantastic. Still married. I know. <laughs> Woo! Anyway, but um, that's good. So, okay, so then yes. you have November 10th, York, Pennsylvania. November 20th, New Bedford, Massachusetts. And then December 3rd, you're going across the pond. Across the pond. To Shropshire. Shropshire. Shropshire, UK. Where the and, heck is that? Um, well, it's, so, well, I guess it's supposed to be in the sort of center of the country. Um, that's really cool. And, I want to go on yes, that Yes. And actually, it is... At the RSPCA, Gonsal Farm, Dorrington, near Shrewsbury. And I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock p.m. on Saturday, the 3rd of December. Hmm. And that's a much more intimate, it's a smaller space, but it's a more intimate venue. Um, and again, I'm going to be doing a great seminar there. Uh, tickets are on sale now. And um, my great Victoria Still Positively dog trainer representative over there, Emma Collings, is hosting it. And if you want to have more information, mm -hmm. please uh, email Emma at info at schoolforpaws.co.uk or telephone her to reserve your ticket at 01144. Um, no, actually, probably nobody from America is going to be going there, are they? <laughs> well, so, you never know. I was like, huh. Duh. So if you're in just in Britain, her phone number is 01743 Give her a call if you want to come and see me on December the 3rd at Gonsal Farm in Shropshire. Okay. But I know that um, I went to Positively.com slash appearances, and that's how I got that information. Yes. So it's listed there, too. So if someone goes, when was that New Bedford date? Um, because that would be a nice place to go for uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, Fantastic. I'm North Pennsylvania. Please come and see me. Okay, now Hero Dog Awards. You did the Hero oh, Dog Awards. Yes. What was oh, that like? Because oh, oh. I wanted to go so badly. Oh, the Hero Dog Awards. Well, if, uh, I have to say, you know, you go to an evening like that, and you just—it's such a great thing to be celebrating. And these amazing dogs that do such great things for people and that make people's lives better. I think we need that need to be celebrated. And the American Humane Association, for which I'm very proud to be national ambassador for, and they're an association that's been around for many, many, many years um, that protects the vulnerable, children mm -hmm. and animals. And um, they hosted this along with the Hallmark Channel, uh, which is going to be on the Hallmark Channel, actually, on November the 11th. You're oh, going to be to able know. to watch the uh, American Hero Dog Awards oh. on the Hallmark Channel November the 11th. Um, and it was just a great evening. It was a star-studded evening at Beverly Hilton in Los Angeles on October the 1st. Uh, we had great contestants, great finalists. People all over the country voted. There were about 500 ap applicants, and people... Um, voted and we had the top dogs there and really one of them and we can't can't tell you who won yet <laughs> if you go to the website you'll find out yeah. but if if you don't want to go to the website I wait until you watch yeah wait until you watch it on the hallmark channel um of uh, the dog that won a very very worthy winner i love that because you know what they we, we, we award people for, you know, being celebrities. We award people for wearing great clothes. But this is something important. I really like that. Yep. So November 11th on the Hallmark Channel, we can actually watch it. Yes. Very cool. Okay. And you are heading out to uh, San Diego, San Diego Pet Expo, because I I... Some, I was talking to your husband. He said you guys are going to the um, out, out west. Tell me about that. Yeah, we're going to the Association of Pet Dog Trainers Conference. And there's a conference that happens every year. Uh, the, there are about 1,500 trainers from all over the world come to this conference. Wow. We have the best, best speakers, the, the best veterinarians, the most incredible behaviorists and trainers in this country and from around the world coming as our speakers. So it's 
a, a great venue for people to learn more about dogs, what makes them tick, uh, more about behavior, so that they can go out and spread the message uh, about the latest behavioral science that they learned, the latest observations, the, the latest studies that have been done. Um, the reason why I'm going out there is because we have our Victoria Still Apostrophe Dog Training booth. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> people who want to become part of my Victoria Still Apostrophe Dog Training program and they're already existing trainers and they want to become part of my program, can come and talk to me about it and come meet me and we can, we can tell them about what it is to be a positively trainer. But I'm also very excited because we are launching the Canine Noise Phobia series. And this is something that's never, ever been done, ever. What is this it? Is ground, this is groundbreaking. And the Canine Noise Phobia series, uh, or CNP, mm -hmm. is a series that we've done that marries music with the sounds that dogs could find threatening, do find threatening, like, like city sounds, oh, yeah. fireworks, oh yeah, thunderstorms. Oh yeah, I know a lot of dog owners who say their dogs are so scared during storms. You can go and you can <clears throat> buy loads of different DVDs mm -hmm. and um, CDs of thunderstorm noises, but my canine noise phobia series is different because this is a um, series that marries music with the sound of fireworks. So what is the, mu the music then obviously calms them? What happens is you play them the music first without any noise and it relaxes them. It gets into a state of relaxation and you play that music when you're feeding the dog, when you're playing a low activity game, when you're stroking, when you're just hanging out, when the dog is feeling good. And you play that again and again and again. So the dog builds up a positive association with this calming music. And then the next track is the music, but with very, very distant sounds of fireworks. Mm. And then the track after that, music, but the fireworks are a little bit louder. And we go track to track to track until you have the music and you have fireworks at quite a high level. Now, it's up to you, and it comes with training instructions, but it's up to you how quickly you take these levels. But it's been found that it turns a dog from an active listener to actively listening to these sounds that then freaks them out mm -hmm. to passive listening, where... They've now, A, made a positive association with the music. They've also made now a positive association with the sounds because good things are still happening to them when they hear those sounds. Mm -hmm. And now when the sounds <clears throat> come, when they're really, really loud, they're actually not thinking so much about hearing those sounds and about how it makes them feel because they're feeling good already. So you, you gradually desensitize the dog to these noises. And when a real thunderstorm comes in, it can really help a dog turn it from active listening to that thunderstorm noise to passive listening. We're not saying that the canine nose phobia is going to work by itself. You have to do all the other therapies associated with phobias around them, but it's one component of a treatment plan. And so we do it for fireworks, for thunderstorms, for city sounds, and we also have a great calming CD that's literally just calming music to calm your dog down. Wow, that's incredible. That now you're going to launch that at the San Diego Pet Expo. Yes. And then will somebody says, "Okay, well my dog can't make it through thunderstorms without trying to scratch his way into the closet." Can you get it on Positively.com? Will you be selling it on your website? So We'll be sen selling it on our website, yes. We will be selling it, selling it on our website. Um, and I'm just, I, I just have to say, I'm doing this in conjunction with the great people of Through a Dog's Ear. Um, Joshua Leeds and Lisa Spector. And Through a Dog's Ear has been around now for many, many years. Mm -hmm. I've used it on my show a lot. I use it with my own dogs a lot. And it's helped be really, really beneficial to calm, dog da calm dogs down in cars, um, in shelters, in your home, deal with any kind of stress or fear. And this calming music is so different because other, if you just play regular classical music or you play um, even a calming CD to your dog, you have an orchestra there, the dog is still having to um, be flooded with all of these different levels and different instruments on one CD, in one song, as it were, or in one classical piece of music. But in through a dog's ear, they just listen to one piano. And it's that, that listening 
just one piano can really help, as it were, declutter the mind and help a dog relax. I wonder if it works on people too. It does work on people. I was just I can thinking, tell you, if you I could take, use that. If, 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 if you take this down, mm-hmm. if you take, if you take this with you and you lie down for a little bit, you just put that music on, you're going to go to sleep, I promise you. See, I wish I would have known this this morning when I took my poor dog to the vet and she was shaking all the way there. I could have played this CD, but I'm going to definitely get some from you because that's fantastic. Tell me about Cashmere. Cashmere, my American Bulldog Pit Bull mix. They call her Bully Pit. They're for pit bull owners and they know and bulldog owners um, you probably know how, how big they are and how uh, strong they are. And because of that, um, they have a lot of muscle mass on their little tiny legs. Like she does look sort of like a pig walking. I mean, you know, bless her heart. Pigs are cute. Anyway, the, um, the, her back two knees, the, the, the uh, ligaments tore. And just because she's a very active dog, she's a young dog. And, you know, first I thought, I'm a terrible mom. How could this happen? Was it an injury? But uh, we went to an orthopedic surgeon, and the vet said, you know, that's just what happens to dogs like this. So you have to be careful, he said, if you have some of these breeds that are so muscular. And, you know, they just play a lot, and they pull the wrong way. So she tore completely her left ligament, her right ligament. We think she tore it just the other day. Um, so it's um, it's kind of a mess. But... Um, we are having surgery done today. She's at the vet. And, of course, my husband and I um, were bawling as we dropped her off. It was terrible. She was shaking. And, you know, you just feel terribly because, you you know, with a child, you can at least say, here's what's going to happen. Or, you know, but she's looking at me like, what's going on? But we pick her up tomorrow and, knock on wood, all will go well. But then the worst part is in six to eight weeks, she has to have the other knee done. <gasps> but we'll call her Lindsay Ugh. Wagner. She's going to be like the bionic dog. She She'll is. Gonna, and she's so beautiful, Kashmir, as well. She's, and she's called Kashmir. I know she's called Kashmir. It's not spelled as Kashmir. But she has the softest fur I've ever <laughs> felt of any dog ever in the world. So, um, well, I really hope that she will be Thank thinking you. of her and will pr- be praying for her and a swift recovery. Thank you. Yeah, she'll be she'll be fine. That's what I keep thinking. She'll be fine. She'll be okay. She will. So I'll be good. But yeah, I know a lot of people go through this with their dogs, and you know, so she's not even five yet. So we're going to build her new knees and a new life. So if you have a bulldog, American bulldog. Pitbull, anything in that bully breed, just be careful. Watch your dogs. I mean, there's nothing you can do. They play, but you know, email me, call us. I'll, I'll totally commiserate. I get it. I used to be able to name every nut, and that used to drive my mother crazy. Whoops, on it. Is he on? That's like peanut, hazelnut. Yeah, but did you know macadamia yes, nuts are toxic nuts. to dogs? Macadamia nuts. I'm absolutely amazed. Oh, and did you know this? The most popular male dog names are Max and Jake. The most popular female dog names, Maggie and Molly. All right. You know what? Uh, Lots of questions for you. We've been gone a year. Can you believe it? A Mm -hmm. year. And so the um, email bag, answer, question bag, whatever we would call it, Ask Victoria bag is overflowing. So uh, we're going to answer some questions. Is that okay? Good. Okay. Um, and here's a really good one. I just have to start with Marianne in Texas because this is part of the therapy. You know, we're all about therapy. She goes, I've had enough of no new podcasts. I'm not exactly mad. It's more like a feeling of withdrawal. I've seen that Victoria and Holly are busy working on a second season of podcast banner so many times. You know what I'm talking about. I think I've listened to episodes 101 to 109 so many times I could recite them from memory. Now, I'm not angry at you. I know you probably get a lot of tweets and emails and Facebook messages saying, when are the podcasts coming back? I miss the Positively podcast. I have nothing to listen to when I walk Fido. Um, but that's from Marianne in Texas. And the guilt and the pressure. I'm a Jew. Our guilt is incredible. So we're back. But um, isn't it nice to be missed? It is nice to be missed. I love it, and I'm going to quiz her. I'd like your email so I could quiz you on Podcast 103 just because you say you've memorized them. We'll see how you go. All right, here's a good question for you from Lindsay Spencer. She wants to know, uh, starting Friday, she's going to be dog-sitting her mom's puppy. It's a poodle. So she was wondering, what's the best way to puppy-proof my room? And I guess this is for anybody bringing home a new, a new puppy. What are the things you need to be careful of? Don't give your puppy the full run of your room, the house, because literally I just, I liken a puppy to, well, it would be the same thing if you've got a new baby, a toddler who's not yet potty trained, and yet you allow that toddler to crawl around or walk around your home without a diaper on. You're just asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. So I would say, Create a safe zone. Create a place, an area, and you can section it off with baby gates or a a little dog fence that you can use. And 
create that area so that's the safe zone where the puppy can be when it's unsupervised so some people will put that in front of the back door so puppy can go in and out if there's a doggy door or the door's open some people will use wee wee pads to paper train the dogs first before they allow it outside whatever you decide to do is fine as long as you're consistent with it and make sure that you have that safe zone. You also have to puppy proof it so that it's completely safe. And I always tell people, get down on the ground. Mm-hmm. Try and see the world from your puppy's point of view so you can see any wires or any bits that your puppy could get into and hurt itself with. Make sure that there's nothing in the room that your puppy can chew and only give your puppy appropriate puppy chew toys so you know it's not going to be able to ingest anything that could do it damage. And then you start the house training and you take your puppy out eight, nine, ten times a day. Outside, let it do its business, bring it back in. And the times that you've got to watch for are after feeding, after the puppy's just waken, woken from a nap, after training, after a puppy is played vigorously, after it's got excited. All of those can speed up the elimination process. See, that's how I met you because I didn't know that and I had a puppy who had free reign in my house and she chewed up everything and if it wasn't for that, then I would not know you, but good advice. (laughs) See, so there you have it. Okay, this question is from uh, Debbie Kay. She says she has a mixed breed spayed female who's two-year-old and is the size of a Boston Terrier, so small dog. A few weeks ago, I adopted a two-year-old male black lab who just got neutered. She has a fenced-in yard, but when I let them out, the male will push the female into the fence or into the back door, and then the female will growl, and they'll both start fighting. My question is, will the male stop doing this since he was neutered? And if not, how can I stop him from doing this? Thank you for all you do. Sounds to me like there's a bullying problem going on here. Yes, it does, and I doubt it's going <coughs> to stop with neutering. Because once a dog has a habit of behavior, then neutering might take the edge off a little bit, but that habit's still going to be there. And it does sound like there is some sort of bullying issue. And maybe there has to be some kind of separation at times like these. When she's letting the dogs out in the backyard, she's got to let them out one by one and keep an eye on them. Um, I think, you know, you don't want your dogs to get into the habit of fighting as well. Fighting can really escalate um, and, of course, cause such problems that, you're going to have to rehome one of the dogs depending on how intense it is. So my advice to her would be the times when you let dogs out into your backyard or the times when you feed them or you're about to take them for a walk, there's increased excitement. And when there's increased excitement, that will increase that dog's frustration or nervousness um, and encourage it to become feisty, for want of a better word and then become a bully. So before you're about to take them for a walk, separate them. Before you're about to let them outside, separate them so you can let them out one by one. Before you're about to feed them, separate them so they don't have this habit of fighting. Now, can you, uh, can you let one dog out first and then let the second dog out while the first dog's out in the backyard because you want them to play together, you want them to be together, but just don't let them go through the door at once. Is that yeah. what you're saying? The smaller spaces. <clears throat> see, dogs, When if it's a small door that, a, that two dogs have got to get through or you've got um, a small corridor out to your back door or even your front door, anywhere where there's a small space can exacerbate aggressive feeling, frustration, nervousness because it's that confinement that causes things to happen so if you don't have a large area where the dogs can run around being crazy before they're let out then it is much better have one in in a room and then let one out and then let the other one out and you will be the one that will be able to figure out is it better to let the male out first or the female out first and go with the flow see how that goes but If you can keep an atmosphere of calm at those times of tension as much as possible, do it. Okay, now this question comes from um, Yvonne DeVries. This is an issue that I had as well. Uh, My Gordon Setter doesn't like sharing food. 
when we're at agility training, I have to be very careful with other dogs around Tommy. If they get too close, he will turn very aggressive and chase and bite the other dog. He's bitten a German short hair pointer and caused two little wounds. Otherwise, he's very pleasant and docile, so people don't expect him to do this. Thanks. Sounds like he's resource guarding. It is absolutely resource guarding. <clears throat> and that, that would say to me, is, is she using, is she using high quality food? Could she use a lower quality food? Because some dogs will not guard over biscuits, but they will guard over meats. Now, obviously, she's doing agility, so she's using food as a motivator. Try using a lower value biscuit rather than a higher value treat and see if he guards that. Because sometimes that really can be the answer to the problem. Now, if he still is showing, if he still guards even the biscuits, then I would say your best bet is to not use food at all when you're outside the ring and only grab it just before you're about to go in. Because he's got a visual. He knows when she has food on her. Uh, he can smell it and he can also see the visual probably of the treat bag or smell it in her pockets. So get rid of all the food while you're out and around other dogs and only take it in just before you're about to go into the agility ring. Okay. That's going to stop the problem. <clears throat> Good advice. Okay. One more question. I think we have time for one more. Uh, here's a question from Tina and she says, my problem with Bella I guess that's her dog, not her child, is that she will not go outside to do her business with anyone but me. My husband and children try to bring her outside, but she gets very scared. She puts her tail under and walks away. They've tried luring her out with her favorite treats with no luck. She's never messed the house and always lets me know when she needs to go, but I'm planning on going away for a few days in the fall and need to get Bella ready for my absence. How can I help her feel comfortable going out with anyone except me? That's, I've never heard anything like that before. I would say start now, get other people coming in now to do it. Yeah, you see, I, I think if, if okay, so here, here's what I would do. I would get um, people to come round or the person that's going to uh, come around and look after her while she's away um, or just different people to come around and come out with you. So that she gets used to other people being around with you, with her outside. And then um, maybe do, maybe what she can do is um, everybody, oh, when you're outside, everybody's got to be very, very quiet. Very quiet oh. and very calm because she could be stressed out by kids. Sounds like she could be stressed out by the children. Okay. And, you know, some dogs, are they more private than others? I mean, not everybody likes to, you know, she might need a moment. Yes, yeah, she might need a moment. And, you know, that, that that's that's very normal. Um, make sure that where she goes, that maybe you do have to set up a private place. Some people, and I've known people, put up a little kind of privacy fence in their backyard. Just like one panel that the dog can go behind. And the dog feels safe toileting in that one area. That might be something that she can do. But you can also just try just going out. If it's a nice warm day, go hang out outside um, with the dog all day. So the dog then has experience of having to go in front of other people. But make sure you do it now before you leave because then, who knows, she might be able to hold it for days, which wouldn't be good. No, that would not be good. That would be uncomfortable. So if somebody were to go with her goes if somebody goes with her to walk the dog or let the dog out then would you say while she's home let that person take the dog by herself and if it doesn't work go out and maybe see her for a second and then come back in and let the dog I think know that would be here? worse I think that would be worse that and I think work. the very fact that she's in the home is causing the dog to become anxious going out with anybody else uh -huh. I think if the dog knew that she wasn't there it would kind of have no choice but to go out with somebody else. And it sounds like this dog is pretty hyper-attached to her. I would work on um, maybe that hyper-attachment in the home by m maybe not giving the dog so much attention, not always being around, not allowing the dog to follow her everywhere because I bet you anything that dog follows her everywhere in the home. So if you go to the bathroom, go by yourself, shut the door. If you're taking a shower, shut the door. If you want to go into your room for a little bit, shut the door. Don't allow the dog to always follow you. Then the dog gets the experience of being in the same home without you, but you're not always physically around. 
and it causes the dog to become a little bit more independent. You don't want the dog's world to fall apart when you're not there. It sounds like she's just not confident, even when she knows her person's in the house, to go out with anybody else because she's stressed that that person's not with her. Otherwise, Tina, you're going to have to take your dog on vacation, and we'll just let your husband know that you'll be back, the two of you, in no time. Anyway, if you have a question for Victoria, please, please uh, go to Positively.com, and you'll see the podcast page. Uh, Just hit that button, and you can ask Victoria the question there, and we will answer it on an upcoming podcast. So uh, please send us your questions and your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Victoria, give me a fascinating furry fact. The aggressive bark is... Uh, thanks for that, I guess. I know what you're thinking. Crazy people. Crazy dog. Did you provoke her? What did you do? Did you pitch her or something? Got anything else? A person standing still 300 yards away is almost invisible to a dog. But a dog can easily identify its owner standing a mile away if the owner is waving his arms. That fascinating very fact it. was my from my daughter Alexandra, yes. And she is going to be giving us every single episode a another fascinating furry fact. Because she's so smart. She must pay attention and listen to you. She is so <laughs> smart. How old she, is she? She's seven now? years old. Gosh, now. she's seven. Oh, yes. she's beautiful. I know. Thank I love that you. she wants to be involved. Do you think she's going to be a dog trainer? She says she wants to, but then she also wants to be a veterinarian. She wants Good. to be a flight attendant because she loves flying yes she wants to be a dancer she wants to be a singer she wants to be taylor swift and i have to say my daughter is the biggest taylor swift fan out there we miss taylor swift coming through atlanta this time and if anybody out there knows taylor swift and can facilitate my daughter meeting Taylor Swift in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> please email me. Please contact Positively.com. And, um, there's a free T-shirt in it for you. There's, you can, uh, I'll train your dog. I don't <laughs> care. But my daughter Aww. wants to meet Taylor Swift, and it would just make her a year. That's great. And, you know, that's so cool that I love our new, like, fancy little intros and stuff. And, by the way, a lot of those clips are from Best in Show. They're not me and my husband talking or arguing or anything like that. But Best, um, Best in Show is my one of my favorite films. Is it the best? And it's so real and it's so true. Is it really that real? It is so true. Oh, my gosh. Jennifer Coolidge is my favorite actress, character actress, bar none. And if you haven't seen the movie, please do yourself a favor. You'll understand. You'll get it and you'll laugh. We should watch it. We should do like a screening one night of Best in Show. How fun would that be? It would be fabulous. I love um, it. Now, uh, talking about my daughter, Alexandra, reminds me, I want to sort of bring up the hot topic of today. Okay. And uh, it reminds me of another little girl that lives thousands of miles away in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And her name is Brooke. She's 12 years old. And she, her parents have been fighting a legal battle against Belfast Council to get their dog Lennox back. Now, as you know, Mm -hmm. over in Britain, there has been breed-specific legislation for the last 20 years where various breeds of dog, including the pit bull, have been banned. And so if you are found to to have a dog that is of pit bull type, or is suspected of being pit bull type, the council they can take your dog away from you. And you have to go in and prove that your dog is not aggressive, that it's not of pit bull type. Um, in some cases, you can get your dog back, but it has to be muzzled in public. There are various things that you have to do in order to be able to... Um, to to have your dog safely, and I say mm-hmm. that in inverted commas because most of these dogs are completely innocent, but mm-hmm. because of their type, they're labeled as dangerous dogs, as vicious dogs, even though they'd never bitten or right. attacked anybody. It's like saying, I'm a blonde, so she must be stupid. Yes. Yes. There you go. This is mm-hmm. exactly it. No, I get and it. Um, anyway, they came in and took this family's dog, Lennox, away from them in May 2010. And now the dog had not done anything aggressive, had no. not hurt anybody. He was no. just a family pet. He was fearful of strangers. That was the only thing. He'd never bitten anybody. He'd never attacked anybody. He'd nothing. And how long did they have nothing. the dog? Nothing. They'd had him for five years. He'd been licensed. He was microchiffed, DNA'd. He had... Um, he he wasn't a purebred. Uh, he pit. wasn't. Well, no, he wasn't even the DNA evidence. And apparently, you can't use DNA as evidence. Oh, um, because science isn't 
technically good enough? Right. Okay. You uh-huh. can't use it because technically uh, a dam can have two sires. So there can be two fathers for the same litter of puppies. Um, while Lennox's brother was found to be um, bulldog, a bulldog mix, Lennox himself was found to be pitbull mix, even though he is technically an American bulldog mix. Um, so he was taken away from his family and he's been confined now for 18 months. There's oh. been a massive legal battle going on. Now, meanwhile, sorry to interrupt you, but now, meanwhile, the Belfast County, the, the city council has been paying or has the family been paying for 18 months for Lennox to be housed in a shelter? Uh, well, no, the taxpayers have been paying. So it's a colossal waste of money and colossal. time okay. to keep Lennox alive whilst this this battle is being fought. For a dog that's never bit anybody, never been aggressive, no. and just happens to have a little bit of pit in his bloodline. Potentially. Maybe. Because he's measured and he meets the requirements and the measurements of a pit bull. You mean physical measurements? Physical like measurements, inches? yes. How broad um, the head is, how what? long the nose is. But the pit bull's head is the same size as a lab's head. It has various different, don't ask me, because what <laughs> what was made when breed-specific <clears throat> legislation came about, um, they took, because, you know, pit bull is not a, a, a true breed of dog. You've no. got the American pit bull terrier. You've got the Staffordshire bull terrier. And so uh, it's a culmination of a lot of different types, bully breed types. So there's not there's not an actual pit bull breed. Mm-hmm. Um, and these measurements were taken from all these different types of dogs and the sort of checklist of measurements were put together that if your dog meets this checklist, then it is most likely to be of pit bull type. Most likely. Most likely to be of pit bull type. So now this family have been fighting to get their dog back. This has spread around the world. Mm-hmm. Lennox has had the uh, 100,000 people sign the petition to say this is wrong. Quite plainly, what Belfast Council did was wrong mm-hmm. to take this dog. And the evidence points to the fact that, A, it's not Pitbull, even though it's measurements that were designed by people who were for breed-specific legislation, meet the requirements of Pitbull type. His DNA says he is not of Pitbull type. And he was registered by the council for five years before he was taken. So they were happy to take the licensing registration money from the family for those five years. And and the most important thing is this dog has never been aggressive. No, but that doesn't matter in breed-specific legislation. Because if you look a certain way, you'll be taken away from your family. And if your family can't fight for you, you will be euthanized. We used to have something like that in this country, wasn't it, called slavery? Um. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, you want to go there, we'll go there. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, it's spreading in this country. Mm. Denver. Denver's put down thousands and thousands of dogs since BSL was introduced in the ni- late 1980s. Cincinnati as well. Cincinnati has breed-specific laws as well. Thousands of dogs have been put down there. Thousands of dogs that are just happy, uh, non-aggressive, non-violent family members have been taken away from their families and euthanized. And I, I take this personally because I have a bully pit. I have an American bulldog pit bull mix who probably would be in Lennox's shoes if I lived overseas. So yeah. what's going on with Lennox? So are they make, have they made any decisions? What? Uh... Yes, the decisions have been made. There's been numerous. Um, they've been to court twice. There has been lengthy appeal, and unfortunately, that appeal was lost last week. Mm. Lennox has a, a, another five days to be alive. And he's due to be put to sleep on the 14th Mm. of October. And we're desperately trying to come up with um, different ways of um, stopping this ruling. Mm -hmm. Um, And and here's where the case is so unfair. I've seen all the evidence. I've seen two behavioral assessments via DVD, um, both done by very competent behaviorists, David Ryan and an amazing lady called Sarah Fisher, um, who have assessed Lennox, physically been there and assessed him. And I've watched the DVD footage of both these assessments. And I have to say what I saw was a dog that was very scared, 
mm-hmm. very scared. Of course, even living in c- confinement for 18 months. Yes, uh, and was shaking. I mean, you can't see that on the actual DVD, but speaking to Sarah Fisher about it, this dog was sh- shaking in its crate. But when he's taken out... He is showing all pacification signals. His tail is whirling around like a helicopter. His body is all fluid. He's excited. He's interested to see you. He, his um, eyes were not hard and staring. They are in the crate and the kennel because he's such frustration. Mm-hmm. And he's scared. He's not so great with strangers. But when he gets out and he gets to trust you, gets to know you, he was offering the greatest signals. Now, at one point during the assessment of David Ryan, David Ryan has him against a wall and is leaning over him to put the collar on, to put to put a leash, touch leash to his collar. And at that time, Lennox leaps out and lunges at David. Now, Lennox could have bitten, could have mauled, could have severely attacked David at that point. Mm-hmm. But Lennox chose not to. And this is what people don't understand. When they see a dog lunge like that, or a dog growl, or a dog bark, they label that dog a dangerous dog. But lunging, growling, barking is vitally important. In fact, that shows a dog has real inhibition because it's giving you a warning first. That dog's intention is not to harm you. That dog's attention, intention is to warn you. So with that bark, that growl, that lunge, even though Lennox could have bitten him, he didn't. He didn't. So he chose not to. And then after he did that, he turned his body away from him as if to say, that's an appeasement gesture. That's a pacification. I'm no threat to you. Please don't be a threat to me. Here is another, um, I, I, I guess, another component to the whole thing. Paul Lennox has not only suffered the stress of being away from his family for the last 18 months and being confined and being touched and prodded at and with, by strangers, he's also had to be put on medication. And he's put on medication for anxiety and depression. Of course. Okay. He also has a skin condition. Now, when Lennox went in to his confinement, he still had a skin condition, but his fur was absolutely fine. He was being treated for the skin condition. The last assessment I saw when Sarah Fisher assessed him was a shock because here is a dog that hardly has any fur on its body. It's because he's not, the stress, he's not being treated. The stress, <coughs> he's been given medication, but the medication that he's been given, given is not just an anti-anxiety medication, it's a medication for pain. Mm. And when Sarah Fisher was evaluating him, because she's a T-Touch practitioner, um, she knows a lot about physiology, anatomy. She could see that the area around Lennox's neck was really bothering him. He's suffering pain around his neck. Now, that would uh, give another reason when David Ryan's leaning over to try and put the leash on um, Lennox. That's why Lennox lunged because it hurts because he's in pain. And he doesn't and have any other way to tell anybody. He can't say, excuse me, I have a headache. When, when, and you see the condition <clears throat> of his fur where there's, there's, there's huge patches on his body. That condition is not being treated properly. That, that dog, that dog's fur does not need to be like that. You can show, you can see from, from the condition of his coat, you can see that not only is he suffering stress, but that condition, that skin condition has not been treated properly. So here we have a dog that is stressed out, is anxious, is pot- pot- potentially in pain. Mm-hmm. It's abusive. And, and is going through this, this neglect. And I have to say, I mean, I'm so incensed by not just the way that people at Belfast County Council have been treating this, but the, the judge's ruling, but by the fact that their expert, they brought in a police dog handler who's had many years of handling dogs, but he's a police dog handler. He's not a behaviorist. And the police dog handler, Peter Tallett, was brought in to literally assess confirmation. Was this dog of pit bull type? And he himself put in his report, this assessment is 90% confirmation and 10% behavioral. These are not ideal testing situations either, he puts in his report. Plus the fact he's not a behaviorist, he's not a trainer. He doesn't understand dog behavior. So basically the Belfast City Council says, you know what, we've made our decision and this is all for naught. They're not going to change their decision. They didn't want to look at anybody else or listen to anything else. They had made up their mind 18 months ago and they're just waiting out the process. And they're the waiting out the process and they, they, <coughs> they would rather go with the evidence of the police dog handler who is being paid by them right. to give evidence 
and they would rather go uh, for, for an untrained, unqualified person to give behavioral evidence rather than two qualified behaviorists who assessed Lennox and said he wasn't a danger. I, looking at the snapshot of behavior that I saw on those DVDs, saw a dog that was surrounded by strangers that showed incredible impulse control and an intent not to harm. I don't think Lennox is a dangerous dog. I think he needs to go back to his family, but I know that's not going to happen. So are the people in Belfast and those people who are animal activists who clearly see this is a miscarriage of justice, <clears throat> excuse me, a miscarriage of justice for the dog, is anybody trying to change any of these laws, these breed-specific laws, anybody going to the city council? Or is this basically, you know what, move out of Belfast. If you can, just you know, leave the county and you won't have to deal with it. There are so many groups trying to get this changed because BSL is wrong. BSL tackles the wrong end of the leash. If you demonize a certain breed, that breed's just going to go underground. And it's the very people you don't want owning this breed that are going to still have this breed and own it underground as well. And they're still going to fight them and there's still going to be irresponsible owners out there. You need to get to, to if you want to stop dog attacks, dog maulings, you have to, you have to address the people. You have to go to, to the other end of the leash. Right. And, and what sickens me as well, part of this BSL, <coughs> is that this part of the wording of breed-specific legislation mm -hmm. is if your dog is found guilty of being of pit bull type. That's the wording. Guilty. guilty. The dog is guilty. person's going to have to um, pay the fines or, or release its, relinquish its dog, but the person's not guilty. The dog is guilty. It's How disgusting is that? And I got to tell you, um, I want to also promote something. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Um, there's a movie, a, a, a documentary called Beyond the Myth that I think everybody should watch. And it's about pit bulls. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about this breed of dog. Um, I know so many purebred pit bulls that are fantastic. I know we hear terrible things in the news. I hear terrible things in the news about, you know, labs biting people, chihuahuas. I mean, any, it's, it's an animal. Um, I hear terrible things about how people treat each other. But this really breaks down the myth. It's called Beyond the Myth. And I know that they're screening it this Saturday in Atlanta. Um, and it's going to be all over. It's going to be all over the country, right? It's the, they're showing it all over. Yeah, actually, it was. It was. I went. It was last. Oh, Saturday, this last this Saturday. Saturday. Okay, yeah. yes, right. Um, and uh, I went to go see it. Um, and a big supporter of the film because I think it really intelligently brings forth how um, BSL comes about and um, about how weighted media is um, against these dogs. Because if you have, I mean, many other dogs are biting people and attacking people and and hurting people. But if a lab's going to do it, you're not going to hear about it. But if a pit bull does it, you are going to hear about it. 80% more likely to hear about a pit bull hurting somebody than a lab hurting somebody. And, um, you know, look, I still support good, good legislation regarding dangerous dogs. Right. Believe right. you me. And as a mother, you know, and I have my bite prevention task force, which we'll talk about in an upcoming podcast. I'm not against that. But what I am against is breed specific legislation. We've got to look at the individual dog's behavior and not just focus on the breed. And if you don't think it's your problem, it is your problem because you're paying, you're paying for these inspectors to go around and take these dogs away. You're paying for these dogs to be incarcerated and you're paying for these dogs to be put down. And you never know what kind of dog you have. If you have a German Shepherd and you go, oh, those pit bulls, and the next thing you know, they go, let's look at German Shepherds. Always coming. And let's it's, go look at, and yeah, it's already, dachshunds. it's already happening in other countries. The right. German Shepherds, the Dobermans, the Rottweilers. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's already happening. And it's already happening here. So yep. if you don't stand up for your breed, one day your breed's going to be on it. So again, that, that uh, documentary is called Beyond Myth. I know they're showing it all over the country and you can uh, Google it and find it online. And if you have any questions, <clears throat> excuse me, I promise I'm going to get better by next week. Um, if you have any questions at all for Victoria, if you want to see more specifically what we've been talking about, if you want to, you know, find out more about uh, It's Mirror of the Dog, the upcoming season, anything you want to know, remember, go to Positively.com. Uh, you can find a trainer. You can uh, find anything you want to know about the podcast. You can ask Victoria questions. And uh, also, don't forget to check out PetsAdLife.org. They also have a Facebook page, uh, some incredible videos on their website. So, you know, everybody needs a five-minute break during the day. You'll love it. You'll laugh and uh, great information on there as well.
And if you want to follow me and you want to see what I'm doing day by day, please yes. go to Facebook, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Victoria Stillwell or twitter.com slash it's me or the dog. And you can find out what I'm doing um, every single day. And because I get, tweet and Facebook every day. I know you do. You're good at that. And we can find out more updates on Lennox. Yes. I know there's a lot of conversation as the days dwindle down. So um, we will be checking it. So good to see you oh, after a year. Although fabulous. I must Holly. say we did see each other for the royal wedding. We had tea. You had us over for tea for yes, the wedding. We and did. I felt like I was a part of it. Can we um, talk about that maybe next week? Let's talk about it next week. Because, let's talk um, about William and Kate. <gasps> I'm so in. Okay. Okay. Until next week. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or the Dog. This Positively Podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pal for your pet. Visit PetsAdLife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.